church to remind those who are seeking for the good that it is found in Christ. The study, the study, the study. When I think about the distinction between law and gospel, I found that to be so helpful just in terms of understanding how to approach the Bible. I think that was probably one of the most challenging things because I think naturally when you open your Bible, you're just going to find the laws. Like mm. your eyes will just find the laws and then the book will kind of be filtered through that paradigm of diving into the text and working through your Bible. So for me, that's been one of the most pivotal things is understanding the distinction mm-hmm. between law and gospel. <laughs> and then for me, it's been also just noticing how some places you go to, they'll be telling you things like love thy neighbor as yourself and things of that nature, but they treat it as if it's a law passage or, I mean, a gospel passage, mm-hmm. as if that's Christ's free promises to you. And you're sitting here looking at the laws, if that's what's going to save you when basically, like, you're never going to do it perfectly, so you're never going to live up to that that level to where it ends up giving you comfort in a sense. Mm. So being able to see that distinction kind of really helped understand and really appreciate and realize that his yoke is easy and Mm. be able to look at that passage and know, nah, he really means that. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess for a lot of folks, particularly those of us who live in the city, um, our image of God and of his church is so connected to the image of the Exodus. That's our thing. That, that's that's our preach point. Yeah. Is God the deliverer, the way maker, da 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 da. And connected, I mean, like you hear a gospel song, you know, whether it's contemporary, you know, like Chain Breaker, or it's old <laughs> style gospel like Waymaker, you know, there's a similar thread. And it's that God does this. Because you got his attention. Yeah. You showed that you were worthy of his time and his willingness to save somebody. So I, you look like you deserve saving. And the bad thing about that is it's two bad things. One, as it relates to God, it creates a love-hate relationship. Yeah. You know, you got to love him because, you know, Plan B puts you in the lake of fire, and you don't feel like swimming in the lake of fire. Pretty hot. You know. And the other bad thing about it is it causes you to look at other people, and you see the things where they come short. That's facts. And what makes you better than them. Because you don't really understand how the law works and how gospel works. And we always handle the law in a way to justify ourselves. Right. That's so good. So it's interesting, too, because I think when you go to the Bible, let's just say you see a passage that says, you know, people drawing on this text maybe to say, um, a popular one I grew up hearing, uh, if my people Mm -hmm. would hear my voice, Mm -hmm. humble themselves Mm -hmm. and— you know, repent, call upon my name, I will heal the Mm -hmm. land. So, like, the way you hear that text— like to your point, you think you can pull that off. So you think these are like suggestions that God is sort of hinting at for you to get his attention. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the way you handle the Bible. Or you might see a text that says, uh, be ye holy because I am holy. And because you might not have that law gospel framework, then you think it's sort of like a challenge to mm-hmm. try your best 
right. to be holy. So and you're like, thinking, yeah. man, I'm not, I may not be able to give God 100%. But I'm going to give him the best 50% I can. Mm-hmm. And then you'll think he's looking at that sincere effort like I gave a sincere <laughs> effort. <laughs> Although I knew I could never hit that 100%, right. but I did get 50. And then we do think God responds to that 50% because unless, he saw it was pure in nature. Unless, unless of course, your holiness now. Right. Mm. <laughs> break that down. Break that down. But hold on. Unless you th- they think God's grading on a curve. Yeah. See, that's, which he isn't. See, the Baptists think that. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. The holiness folk. Yeah. Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100, because 99 <laughs> and a half won't do. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we were talking earlier, and we talked about the aspect of the be ye holy. Mm-hmm. And like he said, oh, he don't love my the best of my 50%. <laughs> but when you really look at what standard God is using, it's, okay, you want to know what that means? Go to Matthew 5. Mm. Be perfect like my heavenly Father's perfect. Okay, that's what he means when he says be ye holy. Be perfect like my heavenly father is. That's so, that's soul crushing. You'll never achieve that. So if you're looking at that as a gospel imperative or gospel norm, or that's mm-hmm. that's so such sweet. I'm gonna be ye holy. Yeah. Nah, bro, it's not gonna work when you have a proper understanding of what the law is and the the standard. And the standard yeah. is be perfect like my heavenly father in heaven is. Now there is another one though that that I've been seeing kind of sneaking up through the cracks now. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we get it. The law won't save us. So we're just going to ignore the law. To get, we'll, just, we'll just act like the law is not there. That part, yeah. You yeah. know, since the law basically is our enemy and it will condemn us, we'll just, Jesus ended the law. The law isn't really, isn't really God's will for us. But see, the Bible tells us that the law is holy and the commandment is just and good. You know, uh, your commandment is good. Your statutes are good. I love your law. Your word is a lamp to my feet. All these things that's talking about God's law in such a wonderful way. And, you know, we Christians look at David. David must have been lying. Talking about he loved God's law. Don't nobody love. No. God's law is lovable. It's lovable to me. I look at it like this. God's law is lovable for the same reason that I love the fact that my wife tells me what she wants. When her birthday comes up and stuff, <laughs> yeah. I know. That's a blessing. You know. <laughs> You're going to have to start guessing. That's good. Yeah, going I, back and forth down Target. Yes. I was like, did I get her that two years ago? <laughs> yes. I'm, taking, I'm taking chances here. Yeah. Taking chances. I mean, look, look. Yeah. God gave us his law so that yeah. we could know his will. It's the perfect will of God is his law. And he made it simple. Ten words. Literally, ten words. The ten words that... If you do them, you shall live. And it's it's foolish to try to, to teach people that, that they should ignore it mm-hmm. because now they've got to create their own way of, well, how do I live as a believer? Yes. You know, somebody, I forget who it is that wrote that book, How Shall We Now Live? So if you ignore God's commandments and say that's irrelevant because of Jesus— Okay, then, well, then how shall we live? Well, well, you live by faith. Okay, but what does that mean Yeah, on right. a day-to-day? That faith needs something to cling to. 
you know what? what, what? If faith's not clinging to nothing, it's just an abstract yeah thing. You you can have faith in your sandals. Yeah, yeah. you know. And you start making up stuff, and that's your yeah. point. The law informs you as to what life should look like as one who is aware yeah. of one's creator. So you're not making up all of these rituals mm-hmm. or these holy days or these extra standards to mm-hmm. try to impress God. The law is just, it gives you God's idea. It's his word yes. as to what it means to be a human. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. But I th- I like that. I like everything y'all saying because it sounds like we're sort of structuring this as the two extremes. You have one extreme where it's, you think you can pull off God's perfect and holy standard. Mm. That's one extreme. And then the other one is you forget God's law mm-hmm. as if it's not relevant or not useful. I even forget. I'll say toss it aside. Or toss it yeah. to the side. People that um, will say fall into that ditch that some of us know or we're familiar with, they can quote, they, they can spew it off to you. They'll tell you all these laws and this and this, and they'll literally take it and put it to the side as if God didn't say this is holy. You know, like, mm-hmm. nah, this goes on your Thanksgiving plate. That stuffing goes next to that turkey. Don't try to leave one over here. <laughs> that's not part of the dish. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I want, I want my sweet potato pie. I want, all, I want the regular. Man, God said all this is here. It's all there. You can't yeah. just cut a piece off because yes. you don't like it or or you're convicted by it. I think a lot of it's that also. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm convicted by it. So I don't want to deal with it. Nobody be convicted by it. Mm. Yeah. And, and the reality. Uh, at least as, as as I experienced it, you know, coming out of the holiness tradition was that, okay, I get it that the law won't save me, and I'm honest with myself to admit that I don't keep it. But I got the Holy Ghost, so yeah. That don't, mm. well, Are they honest to say they can't keep it? No, I said I was honest. Okay, I was yeah, saying. I was yeah, honest. Yeah, like, I'm we not both know that. Yeah, yeah. They'll I, tell you, I've been all day without sinning. And it's like, mm-hmm. you really think that? You oh, truly yeah. think that you've been sin-free? Oh, yeah. But that's to your earlier point, though. I think you so, we, I think we also naturally minimize the law. Like, we don't experience it in its full weight, yeah. in its terrorizing power. Mm-hmm. Like, we just kind of, when you minimize sin, it's like a oops. Or just yeah. like a like a yeah. you know a slight misstep, yeah. Then you can make yourself think you can achieve God's perfect standard because you kind of reduce the full threat yeah. of what He's asking for and your inability to keep it. So those kind of blurred lines get fuzzy in people's minds. So I, I like that you know, as a Christian, we understand that I can't do anything to earn God's favor. I can't keep enough law in such a way that would impress Him, but. I still need it because it it helps me as I'm living life every second, every minute, how I'm engaging friends, family, mm-hmm. job, regular things. But I think the tricky part, too, is just sort of like the generic American space, even the, the space I came up in, you will understand that you can't do anything to get yourself saved. But then I think the next thing is you start to use the keeping of the law, your obedience as a way. Now, you wouldn't say it like this, but you kind of— Use it as a way to kind of twist God's arm, oh yeah, or to get His the blessing, blackmail thing, right? To get His God, favor. You owe me, yes, yeah. yes. I, I'm so obedient. Mm-hmm. My season's coming. Mm-hmm. That part, I've did this. Oh, it's my favor. Mm-hmm. As if it's a, as if it's an exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, when a good saying from our tradition is is, um, basically, you're free to love your neighbor because your neighbor needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. 
not I love my neighbor because on the back end, God's about to, you know what I'm saying? He's about to. Mm -hmm. He's going to break me off. Yeah. Break me off something. If I, if, I, if I do this right, God will break me off. Yeah. You know? season. And, and, and then, of course, you behind that, you get those who will manipulate and make merchandise of it because Thanks. they'll talk about they've got this secret key that you don't have. You know, because you don't understand the actual distinction of law and gospel. You don't understand. If you haven't been taught it, you can't understand how God actually deals with us as sinners and yet calls us righteous and allows us to see ourselves as righteous in his sight because you haven't been taught that the way he's seeing you as righteous is in Christ. Because he placed you in Christ. See, this this is where you know where the connection between word and sacrament comes into play. Because we understand it that baptism actually places us into Christ, not just some nice uh, you know turn of phrase, but that God is really doing this. That that's why it doesn't matter how old you are. Or how well able you are to, you know, give your testimony or be able to quote the Roman road or whatever turn of phrase you want to use that by which you show people that you deserve to be baptized. No, you don't deserve to be baptized. You need to be baptized because that's the only way to get into Christ. That's the only way to put on his righteousness. That's the only way that God can look at you in Christ. Now, I know somebody's just waiting to pull that poor old thief off the cross again. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, yeah. and parade him. <laughs> yeah. But yes, Jesus could turn to that man who clung to him in faith at that moment, who could do nothing but trust in the goodness of Jesus and say, remember me. When you come into paradise, remember me. Well, that's what we say in baptism. Yeah. Remember me, Lord, having come into your kingdom. Remember me when you are bringing in the rest of your church into your kingdom. Remember me too. Yeah. And he's made a promise to do that in baptism. He's made a promise to deal with your sins in the Lord's Supper, to forgive you, to give you forgiveness as you eat his body and drink his blood. And so those things are essential to our understanding that grace is real. Mm -hmm. It's right. tangible that God's promises are real. When John the apostle wrote what we have tasted and seen and what our hands have handled concerning the word of life, he's speaking sacramentally. And when you are part of a church group that does not understand that, you will fill that void. How do I know that God has accepted me? Well, I don't trust in his sacraments. I don't trust in baptism because I don't think it does anything. Mm -hmm. I don't trust in the Lord's Supper because I don't really think that is Christ's body. I don't really think that is his blood. It's just bread and welches. Okay. Yeah. Makes it even worse. <laughs> but so I have to replace it with something. Yeah. And so I replace it with zeal or I replace it mm. with, with financial sacrifice yeah. or I replace it with volunteerism 
or nowadays the big thing is I replace it with 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 desires for social justice. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah, talk to them. That, 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 that's that's, real, that's yeah. the thing now. Yeah. yeah. Simply because, well, it actually does two things. Yeah. If you're on the right side, you're innocent. Mm-hmm. If you're the, everything. You know, you are innocent, you are pure, you are spotless, because the only sin that's in play is this social sin. Yeah. This this sin of how we treat one another, mm-hmm. which, of course, in violating, you know, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, that is a big thing. Yeah. But that's not the only way we don't love our neighbor yeah. as ourselves. Yeah. That's just the one that's easiest to yeah. see because it's framed yeah. in terms of race. But, mm-hmm. but louding prior sins over your neighbor or not offering forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. You're is, is it's your brother in Christ and you're sitting here holding something over their head yeah. all the time. Is that's not loving your neighbor either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For if you will not forgive Uh-oh. men their trespasses, mm-hmm. that part. neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses, mm-hmm. your hatred, yeah. your 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 bitterness. Yeah. It's a dangerous place to be. Your uh covetousness, mm-hmm. your desire to be in whatever you think that group that's above you now unfairly. You're wanting to be where they are and them to be where you are. See, all of that, all of that, because all of that takes everybody's eyes off the only person who matters. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Man. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah. Nah, amen. And I think you also have to sort of, you have to romanticize your own personhood to sort of be so blind to your own frailty, your own mm-hmm. sinfulness, and to just hone in on somebody else's. And I think that's where it gets murky is when we elevate our own issues as opposed to seeing us all equal mm-hmm. as sinners, but all equally needy beggars mm-hmm. before the Lord with our baggage. Because until we perish or Jesus returns, we're all going to be broken human beings. Who are wrestling with, yeah, you know the disintegration within ourselves, and that's going to look like a bunch of messiness until you have your resurrection body. So we have to be aware of that with each other. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a major component. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, right. There, there is another thing about that too. Yeah, um, just like the gospel levels the playing field and makes us all equally in need of. A right understanding of the gospel also recognizes that it is equally accessible mm. to all of us. See, that that's the problem that that I have with my Calvinist friend. Because my Calvinist friend says, well, yes, I believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes, but only some will believe. And God has determined who they are, and he's also determined who will not believe, that he is actively—matter of fact, they will say so. Some of them that are honest will say, God loves the elect, and God hates the reprobate. Don't say that he created them. For destruction. For destruction. Yeah. They'll go that far. I'm guilty. I've said all those things. You know, so now if (laughs) all of them are sons of Adam, though, see, there's only one Adam, one man, one woman— we all descended from them. It's not like there was Adam and Eve 
and Lilith and Steve. <laughs> And all of the elect are descendants of Adam and Eve, and all the reprobate are from Lilith and Steve. Yeah, that's not the biblical story. Mm, yeah, it's from one man. Yeah, that's what Paul writes in Romans five. One man. And so, if it's through one man sin entered into the world for all of sin, and so by the righteousness of the one man, Christ Jesus, all may be made righteous. Well, then guess what? All cannot mean some, right? Unless the first one means some. Like you can't, you can't mm-hmm. exchange it. And we know the first yeah. one doesn't mean some. We right. know all. Yep. Everybody is grouping us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so I can't be better than the person who's not in Christ at this moment in time, or more deserving, or nothing like or more, that. I'm not. None of those things. Right. I'm not more deserving. The same promise that I heard is the same promise that goes to everybody else. But at the same time, and, and again, this puts us Lutherans in a weird place hmm. that we need, we need to explain to people because we're not saying that, well, guess what? Ultimately, everybody's going to be saved. Right. We, we can't say that. That's because what they think we're saying. That's, that, what, they that's what they think we're saying, yeah. that we're universalists. We're not. Yeah, yeah. We're not universalists because we tell you. God says that people who don't trust in Christ— God says those who don't believe in are baptized. In fact, he doesn't even add the baptized to it. He says on the one hand, those who believe in are baptized will be saved. No doubt about it. You can take that to the bank. And then he says those who do not believe will be condemned. Yep. And said, so, well, it doesn't say anything about you have to be baptized in. Well, see, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. I'm focused on that part. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, part yeah, is clear. Get yeah. in the water. So, baptize your so babies. You, yeah. That's right. Bring your babies. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them babies to the front. Face. So don't 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 cheat your baby out of their blessing. Yeah. And if and if you're old enough and big enough and bad enough to walk yourself to the font, you know, then bring yourself to the font. Yeah. And don't try to say, well, what if I believe, but I'm not baptized? Don't worry about that. Just believe. Be baptized because now you got some. When the devil comes at you like a flood, when the accuser comes against you to tell you why you don't deserve heaven, you can say, like Dr. Luther said, you're right. I don't deserve it. Yeah, that's true. Yep. But the blood. That's right. What of it? What of it? No, that's fact. But that water yeah. and God's promise says, guess what? It doesn't matter. He's got me. Yeah. He's got this. Jesus took care of it. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're right when they sing that song, Jesus paid it all. Yeah. They're wrong when they add to that, all to him I owe. Mm. Oh, man, yeah. Mm. Which reminds me of a short passage of Scripture. You, This will tell you Which one? whether a preacher is rightly distinguishing law and gospel or not. Very short passage. It's in Matthew chapter 13, okay. verses 44 through 46. Let me mm, see if I can break it pull down. it up here. Pull up the text. Now, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Picture it now. A man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay, 
two parables. The kingdom of heaven is like. It involves something that's valuable. And the finder sells everything he's got and buys it. Who is the person that finds it? (laughs) Most people, most people who go to church on Sunday when that passage is preached, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I found that field. And the preacher's going to preach, that field is God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And God wants you to find it. And when you find it, and you'll see how wonderful it is, what a blessing it is. And you need to give up everything. You need mm-hmm. to be sold out for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you, and they missed it totally. One, you will never be sold out for Jesus. I don't care how many times you sing Helen Baylor's song. You'll never be that sold out that you've given up everything for Jesus. You wish. <laughs> yeah. Most honest that do in scripture who walks away sad. Yeah. That's literally See, the response. Yeah. That 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 rich young ruler, he was honest. honest. He, he was honest because he knew. He said, Look, you know, I could give up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but but everything. A lot's not everything. You know. And then when when Peter and them said today, Well, Lord, we gave up everything. No, he didn't. They didn't give up everything. It's amazing how after he died, how quickly and easy they were able to go, I'm going to go fishing. Yeah. yeah. They always kept that in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. That was their plan B. And we all do it because we're all told not to keep all your eggs in one basket. We've always been told that it's foolish to put all your trust in one thing. But there is one thing, one person, one promise that you do that. But, but see, the point is, that in this parable, these two parables that Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's not us that sell everything we've got. It's Jesus who gave up everything. Because it's Jesus who, being in the form of God, did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself, took the form of a servant, and was obedient, obedient to death and obedient to the death of a cross. That's the one who found the pearl. Well, then what is the pearl? What is the treasure (laughs) hidden in a field? Go look in the mirror and say, neighbor. (laughs) Preach. Preach. What's the word? You're the treasure. Jesus gave up everything for you. Amen. You. Amen. You. God is for you. That's the message that we bring to people, to people who are being told today that God is not for them or that he is so busy and so far away that even though he wishes that he could be for you, he just doesn't have the time. Mm. And so you're on your own. Figure it out as best you can. No, you can't figure it out as best you can because you're figuring it out as best you can is what got you into the mess you're in right now. Every Amen. last one of us. We've done, we've done our best, and we've prayed that it's blessed, and the devil gets in and turns it into mess mm. every time. Bars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the study. Welcome to the study. Thanks. Thanks. You know